digging. Welcome to IDP Nation Spinoff Podcast, talking about college IDP and Debbie IDP prospects. We are your hosts, Dan Cook, Daryl Winston, Eric Harrell. We are the Debbie IDP Grind. Can you dig it? Welcome to the WIDP Grind, episode 20. This is our uh, pre-national championship uh, show. Uh, I am Daryl Winstead, and I'm joined by my co-host, Eric Haroff. And we have a couple special guests in uh, Kyle Bellafuel and Matt Donnelly. Um, hey, guys. How's it going? Good. And you, man? Yeah. Yeah. Watching uh, Cleveland put the beat down on Pittsburgh. Always a good thing. I don't know if you can ask. I don't know if you can ask for a better day than Bills Mafia and the Dog Pound winning playoff games on the same day. Like, it, as a football fan, this just made my day. I don't even. I don't like even know if that's that. even ever happened before. Long time. Sheesh. Well, both teams. Buffalo hasn't won since for twenty-five years. I think the last time the Browns won was nineteen ninety-four themselves, when a Bill Belichick-led Browns team defeated the New England Patriots. Wow. Yeah, and they just showed it here on the screen. The first playoff road win for the Browns since 1969. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's been a minute. Just a little bit. <laughs> that's, that's, that's been a minute. Uh, anyway, enough talk about that NFL. We are college-oriented, so we'll get started on that. We'll start with the news and notes. Um the big news that I saw today was Auburn's defensive end, Big Cat Bryant, has elected to enter the transfer portal, which kind of surprised me because I thought he would declare instead of just transferring. But So it'll be interesting to see where he lands. Well, big for me, Big Cat's an interesting one because we were talking, we were kind of talking off the air a little bit about this. Big Cat coming in to this year was probably easily a top five interior D lineman, and his stock took a serious hit throughout the season this year. And the fact that he's moving on from Auburn, he's not even the first Auburn player to my understanding. There's, I think we're going to see a few more transfers before it's all said and done. Yeah, I do too, which is while we're on Auburn, they've had um, one of their biggest players, uh, their linebackers, Kobe McLean, has, he says he's going to return. Uh, so he's one of their top two linebackers, tackling linebackers from last year. So I don't know if they're – going to wind up transferring with this coaching change that's in place, or if they're just going to stay put. But I think Bryant left because Malzahn was out. So, yeah, they'll start to, you know, we were already seeing it. A lot of these guys, you know, the head coaches are gone. So they're just entering the transfer portal along with 300 other, other kids. Yeah. Really made it interesting this year. That's for sure. And he's a senior, right coach? Got you on mute there. No, uh, we, talk about, we talk about Big Cat here. Yeah, is he a senior? Uh, I'm just pulling up my spreadsheet here. I can't remember if he was a senior or a junior. He might be a junior. I can't remember right off the top of my head. All I know is I have to scroll he down. He did. Yeah, he's a senior. Yeah, he's a senior. So, so yeah. he, he's taking up uh, advantage of the uh, yeah, eligibility rule. So yeah. yeah. 
ever since they announced that, that's one thing I've been watching close is how many of these kids are going to take yeah. advantage of that and come back. And even if you declare, as long as you don't hire an agent, you can still return, mm -hmm. right? Yep. To a certain point. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a certain deadline that you get your draft grades or whatever, and then you can decide if you want to continue on or whatever. So yeah, they got a they got a declaration date. Uh, I can't. I just looked at it, but I can't remember what it is. But yeah, you have to make the official. Yeah. So interesting. We, me, and Eric's been watching this pretty close the last few weeks. So um, yeah, pretty much after we had talked about it, it seemed like a flurry of yeah a flurry of kids did it after we had talked about it that week and. Like, well, yep, I guess a lot of these kids, you know, come and going from smaller schools and they're getting a chance at bigger schools, kind of like Jabril Cox did. So, yep. Yeah, the transfer portal has been, mm -hmm. man, it's been crazy. But some of these kids coming back, that's what I was interested in seeing. You know, maybe you don't get the grade that you thought you would. You come back yep. for another year or transfer somewhere else. But yeah, it's been interesting. Um, Especially with the, uh, Potentially being no combine. Yeah, I know. Another. See, that's another thing. I mean, how many of these kids are going to – you're going to have to rely on your tape if there's no combines and pro days and all-star games and stuff like that. So far, the yeah. senior bowl is supposed to still be happening. So, yeah. Yep. But there's only so many people that gets invited to that. So mm -hmm. be interesting to see how it all works out. Well, if you're yeah. in this process right now, if you're in this process, if you're not invited – as a senior, if you're not invited to at least two or three of these all-star games heading up to the senior bowl, you should probably take that time to go back to college for one more year. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, point. that's kind of what I think, but I've seen some players declare and I'm just kind of, e I don't know if you should be going because I just don't think you're going to go as high as you're expecting, but maybe they'll change their mind or maybe it'll work out for them. So we'll see. Um. South Carolina defensive back Jamie Robinson and their defensive tackle Keir Thomas have both transferred to Florida State. I think that's another result of a coaching change, um, which is huge for Florida State because they need, they need some players right now. Yeah, They need all the well, talent they can get. We've lost quite a few guys not only to the draft but the transfer portal. And, yeah, I don't know what's going down in Florida State, but there's just – it's been a revolving door. If yeah. you're accustomed to losing, like maybe you were in South Carolina, why would you choose, if given the opportunity, to go to another program that's been struggling for years? Namesake, I'm sure, but yeah, a little higher profile team, name wise. I mean, yeah, Florida State has been struggling ever since Jimbo left. Is yeah. really when it started because they've went through two head. Well, they're on their second head coach now, so. I think it's ever since Jimbo left, it kind of it kind of set them back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I question that too, but <clears throat> I mean, it, I guess it's just the higher name profile, especially with the coach. You know who the coach is there compared to not knowing it, South Carolina. I mean, that's because you're kind of you're either you're kind of up against the wall with these teams that don't have a new coach in place because you either have to declare for the draft or transfer. You can't really wait too much longer. So you're, you're kind of up against it. Okay. Um, Oklahoma defensive lineman, Ronnie Perkins has declared for the draft. That'll be uh, another big uh, name on the uh, draft boards this year. 
Cincinnati defensive end Maja Sanders is returning for 2021. That's huge for them. Yeah. With him and Desmond Ritter coming back. Yep, and I think they've got a few others coming back. That team is going to – That's going to look a lot better next year. Yeah, I think uh, if they can keep them all together for another year, that team is going to be legit. Yep. And, and they actually had it this year. They just – I think they just let it out of the bag down the stretch. They just didn't have enough gunk to go. So I want to throw this out here while we're talking about it. We just talked about Ronnie Perkins uh, declaring as a junior. You got a guy like Big Cat Bryant as a senior. Who would you have ranked higher in your uh, as for your linemen? I know they play two kind of different styles, two more of an edge for Perkins, <laughs> more interior for uh, Big Cat there. But where would you have them on your rankings? I think I'd have Perkins above Big Cat. But he just made such a down year this year. I think that's kind of what's hurting his his draft stock. And maybe that maybe that's his thinking. You know, I didn't have that good of a year. Maybe I need to come back for another year. And I'm thinking if you have these two close together, I think in the rankings, they're probably pretty similar within two or three spots of one another. So it's a two very different thought process here. Big Cat seeing his stock go down. Perkins maybe saw his come up a little bit this season, but I still don't think either of them are crossing the top 15 defensive linemen heading into the draft. No, I don't think so either, especially especially where you, if you're going off the edge, I definitely don't think so. The edge class is pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I mean – I think they're close, but I don't think either of them are in the top 15. Yeah. I think, I, think a little bit, I think Perkins is actually the bigger of the two. When you mm-hmm. come away, I think one's about 250 and the other's about 245. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, they're definitely close in the rankings, I think. Um, and like you said, they play different styles, and it is interesting. One's going down, one's going up. So, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're riding the hot wave if you're Perkins and saying, now's my time to go. And then, you know, if you're Big Cat, like I said a minute ago, maybe you're thinking, you know, I didn't put together the season that everybody thought I would. Yeah. Maybe I can come back for another year and improve my stock. And clearly that's what he's thinking. And then it'll be interesting to see where he lands with the uh, with the transfer. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that where every transfer is going to be a big part for Bryant. And then for Perkins, maybe part of his process is, okay, Cat Bryant, he's out. That's one less guy I have to leapfrog. Aiden Hutchinson is going back to school, so that's one more less guy as far as the edge class goes. So maybe he sees this as an opportunity to move up a couple spots because the guy's coming back. I don't know. Even Sanders went back. So maybe yeah, and maybe he's looking at the classes coming behind him too. If he, you know, if he was to stay the next few classes, there's going to be some big prospects coming out there too. So you know, you're not going to beat. um, some of those guys that are highly ranked above you already to begin with just because they couldn't come out. It's a good point, though, that Coach brought up about two guys that are ranked in the same range that have two completely different thought <clears throat> processes and what information are they getting. Definitely, yeah. Definitely interesting. And that's something I would love to see or be a part of it to see what these how that process works when a player puts in a request puts in a request and they get this feedback from the NFL uh, draft committee on what their grade is. You're killing me. Freaking killing me, man. Can't take you nowhere. 
Um, <laughs> I just saw that. Uh, anyway, uh, I just always thought that was an interesting process and you, something you don't hear a whole lot about. You just hear them submitting their name, then they get the the feedback on the grade, and then they decide. So n no one's ever really broke that down and told what goes into it and all that. I think that would be uh, I would. I would love to meet someone that does this. It gives these kids these advice. These yeah. college yes. counselors or so, whatever yeah. you want to call them, NFL counselors. What is the process? How do you grade these guys? How do you give them these grades and then convince them whether they need to stay or go? Like, how does that process work? I know family and faith and everything kind of plays into the players' uh, decision when it all comes down and their teammates and whatnot. But where do they get these numbers to determine if this kid is good enough to play? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd definitely like to check that out. I think it'd be interesting for sure. Yep. yep. It would be interesting to be just a fly on the wall. Yes. I'll go. Yeah, the little behind the curtain peek at it would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, up next, this is somebody we all are high on. Tulsa linebacker Zaven Collins has won the Benaric Award given to the top defensive player in college football. And man, he was something special this year. Yeah, he was. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, I love Zayvon Collins. I want to get on his hype train. I've been on his hype train the whole time. And it's like, no, everyone's on it now. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not as cool to be on it as it was before because everyone else is doing it. Right? You know what I'm saying? It's like, I beginning of the season, when I jumped on the Collins train, there was like nobody on it. It yeah, was fantastic. I, I had all this room just to stretch out and you know, leg room like you wouldn't believe. And now we're talking about a guy who his draft stock went crazy. Crazy high, like yeah. With Parsons not playing this year, Zayvon Collins carried the torch for the linebacker group for this 2020 class or 2021 or whatever. I don't even know how to pronounce it anymore. Yeah. But and, still, and, it's class. Yeah. And see, I'm it, even with this season being so mixed up and all these conferences starting on different schedules and different times – that was the one good thing I did like about that because I got to watch more games of mm -hmm. teams that I wouldn't normally get to see. And he was one of them because mm -hmm. I, I was watching a Tulsa game earlier in the season and that's, yeah. that's how I got turned on to him. And I was like, man, where's this dude been? Or where have I been? How did I miss on him? That's kind of that, where I was at too. I watched the Tulsa game um, by chance one night and I'm just like, wow. And then you, you see a guy of his size, was he six four two sixty? Oh gosh! And you just see the way he moves out there. He he moves fluidly. He's fast. And then you you see the highlight reels on SportsCenter or anywhere where he had those two pick sixes to either win the game or seal mm -hmm. it. And you're just like, wow, this guy is just a playmaker, you know. Yeah. And what's interesting, and I want to hear your guys. I was watching a game later in the year on him, and I forget their his teammates' name, the safeties they have at Tulsa, and they were talking about how much they have beefed up since their time at Tulsa. Yep. And apparently Collins was the same player because they said, you know, he come in while they're having a hard time. He's having a hard time even staying at linebacker because he's hitting the weight room so much. Do you all see him moving from linebacker? Because, I mean, like you said, 6'4", 260, that's huge for a linebacker. Mm -hmm. 260 was beginning of the year size for him. Yeah. Yes. So I, I don't know what he's going to come into this make pretend 
I don't know. Like I said, we don't know if there's going to be a combine. I, and we know we can't trust pro day numbers. We just can't. Right. <laughs> Which is going to make the draft an absolute crapshoot if there's no pro uh, uh, combine this year. But when you look at a guy to start the season, he's probably 6'4", 260. Probably have to be through the season, he probably drops to about 245, give or take. That's kind of how it goes. Does he? Does he? The way he played, if he's at two forty-five, if that's his weight he played at, he may shed a few pounds. Yeah. Um, does he bulk up again and lose a little bit of whatever he had maybe beginning of the season? I don't know how it's going to work, but you're talking about a guy. We talked about we talked about Big Cat Bryant, and we talked about Ronnie Perkins. Zayvon Collins is the same size as these guys. He's bigger. Mm-hmm. He's, he's bigger. bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Actually bigger. And he's patrolling the middle. And when you look at this linebacker class, you look at the other top linebacker as voted by the college football uh awasu korma uh, from notre dame dude's like six foot one 216 pounds mm-hmm. two very different yeah. size comparisons here when you're talking about the top linebackers this past season so is he a guy that can move up is michael parsons we kind of talked and joked about him maybe even playing safety because of his skill set and how he can yeah. also play a little mm-hmm. bit with his hand in the dirt on the edge but man, the things you can do with Zavin Collins are you can you can have him as your middle linebacker and almost drop him as a nose tackle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's so athletic. He can he can cover. He can run. You know, he can blitz. He can do everything. Uh, I I see him as a completely different person or a player than Awasu because I see Awasu at that weight. He's more of a he's strictly more of a pass rusher. He's a like a Brian Burns, you know, real kind of smaller guy, but just can go. I don't see Collins. Collins is just, he's huge. That's, you just don't see linebackers that big with that kind of athleticism and speed and can do everything. You know, you could see Collins end up playing on the edge or in the middle, whereas uh, Owasso, you can see him playing, you know, as linebacker at safety Mm -hmm. with that size. Now, now I don't want to just, I'm not going to say Owasu is this next athlete, but we just watched the playoff game where they announced that Darius Leonard was weighing in at 215 pounds. Is Owasu right. the type of guy, and I think he could potentially be that type of player. Not that he is that player, but he has that potential to be that Darius Leonard player where he could play at 215 pounds at the linebacker position. Well, he certainly plays physical enough, too, for his size. You watch the mm-hmm. tape, the dude yeah. gets after it, yeah. No, that's a great point. But being 215 pounds against college kids and being 215 pounds against pros is two different balls. Oh, uh, yeah. Very different things, yeah. It also made me feel very inadequate when I found out that Darius Leonard dropped to 215, and during COVID, I bloomed up to 240. So, <laughs> And one of us was clearly not in the weight room. One of these is not like the other. <laughs> Oh, shoot. And good stuff. Um, moving on here, I mentioned Zacoby McLean returning for Auburn. That's that's big for them. He's their number two tackler and their number one tackler. I forget his name off the top of my head. He's coming back. But Clemson's linebacker, James Skalski, is returning. Love that. Um, he is such a throwback to the old style of, of linebacker. And I hated he got through out of the game for that targeting. That was just – I hate that rule, but I get it and I don't get it. But I think he's uh, him coming back is going to be huge for the Tigers next year. Whether you like that rule or not, that had that had very it resembled a lot of Ryan Shazier's uh, 
injury on his tackle. The way that his he went down his head and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know if this is much targeting. Is this rule is not just to protect the ball carrier; it's to protect the tackler as well and try and get that head out of there. And when I watched that film, watched him make that tackle, it had it was eerie how similar it was to the Ryan Shazier injury. Now right. so it might be a freak incident or one of kind of thing, but yeah, yeah. I just it's not that I disagree with them making the call and and calling targeting, but to throw these guys out of the games, I think that's a little much. I mean, there, I think there's ways you can do it. Give them a two strikes before you're gone, and it. And if you even wanted to make the first penalty really extreme, you know, you know, make it a, uh, I don't know, it's what fifteen yards for the targeting, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe make it twenty-five or thirty, making it an extreme call. He's got a targeting penalty against him, and then the next time he is gone, because usually, you know, I mean, it's just hurting both that player and the team. I get the safety aspect of it, but to just throw them out because I've seen games where good players has done it within the first five minutes and then they're done, you know, for the rest of the game. So I think they just need to adjust it. And then some of these calls, I just, I don't think they're targeting at all. So it's a fine line, I guess, but. uh, Do you imagine we get penalized 30 yards, how much up where there's going to be on that? (laughs) Yeah, but it's going to make you think. I mean, I I agree with you. Just like, holy cow. 30 yards is down near half the distance to the goal line right off the get-go. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's just uh, – but what do you do? I mean, if you say, hey, this is how serious it is, it's it's a 30-yard penalty, but the alternative is you either take that 30-yard penalty or we're throwing you out, you know? Yeah. I just hate to see the players get thrown out of the game. Now, if they're intentionally trying to hurt somebody and stuff like that and just be downright – ugly about it then yeah i get it but a lot of these are just bang bang close plays that can go either way a lot of times maybe they need to have a little bit of fun with this and leave it up to the coach to decide what he wants the the offending team's coach do you want to take a 30-yard penalty against you or do you want your player kicked out and then watch the hilarity ensue because it's like well that kid that guy doesn't really matter so we'll take the pedal we'll take we'll kick the kid out uh, speaking of transfers, Kansas corner, Elijah Jones has transferred to Oregon State. That'll be a good get for them. Uh, he did really well for Kansas, one of their better uh, secondary players. And then our last two bit of news is something me and Eric watched over the weekend or a couple weekends ago. Uh, it's recruiting news. Um, the number one overall player in this year's cycle, five-star defensive end Corey Foreman, Shocked everyone and committed to the USC Trojans. Staying home, staying close to home. A lot of people thought he was headed to Clemson. Uh, Arizona State had made up a lot of ground with their NFL coaching staff. Um, A lot of people thought maybe those would be the two. Um, Like Eric said, I I thought he was going to stay home, and that's where he did. I mean, he's just right down the road from them. So that's a huge get for the Trojans. Yep, it is. Yeah, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. Uh, in my opinion, he's a dumbass for doing it, but I don't know his circumstances. I know I personally wouldn't want to go play for USC when I'm looking at Clemson as an option, but obviously that's across the country. But like you guys said, Arizona State's making some noise in that right now. Oh, yeah, they they're recruiting well. They're playing well. Uh, yeah. They're further ahead, I think, than USC is. 
as far as development. I think so too. And I'm kind of surprised that he didn't go that route. I think he didn't go to Clemson because they have so much there mm-hmm. with Murphy and Breezy and and uh, Davis. And I mean, they're just so loaded. I think that kind of deterred him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would, in my opinion, I think it would. But I'm, I, if it had been down to USC and Arizona State, I think I would have went with Arizona State with that coaching staff because you know they know how to get where you need to be. So. Mm-hmm. Well, especially we see guys from USC transferring out of USC right now. True. Very true. We, we had one of the top linebacker prospects coming into this year. Get the hell out of there this year. So, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. I know that the Trojans also picked up another cornerback in that declaration day, which was kind of cool to see that teammates joining up. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Me and Eric sat and watched it. There was a number of uh, IDP players declared that day. So, uh, and one of them was our next guy here. Inside linebacker Terrence Lewis, mm-hmm. and the number sixteen overall player, um, he was down to a number of teams, including Tennessee, and he shocked everybody and went completely the other way and went to Maryland. And the, he he had some big names uh, schools on his list, and he whatever they sold him, he he was buying. So he he went to uh, Maryland, which is a huge get for them. Yeah, I think uh, of the nine players that declared on that on that show, I think seven of them were. IDP guy, so that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I know awesome. Nebraska got a big commit, a uh, linebacker commit. I forget his name right off. I think uh, he was from Hawaii, so he went to them. Yeah. He was a he's a big time player too. So, winning a whole hula league. That's why I said I couldn't remember his name. I'm, yeah, that was a big. I remember. Yeah, and he and I was watching when I watched that. He said he had never been to Nebraska or anything like that, and. He took it, you know, took his word from the coaching staff and all that. And I'm like, you know, that's that's pretty broad. That's, <laughs> that's broad. Oh, yeah. You're going to Nebraska. So uh, I mean I don't you know how many Nebraska don't like to cheer for Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> so many Nebraska fans here in Colorado. It's yeah. And, all right, that does it for our news and news and notes. Um before we get to our main event and some other things, we've got a sponsor we need to promote thrive fantasy app. They're a player prop betting site. You can go over there and build teams, bet on props, however you want to do it that way. Um, you can use our promo code dig dig 100. If I could get it out and they'll match your uh, deposits up to, I think it's 75 bucks. And, um, it's just a different way of playing fantasy instead of building your teams and playing off stats. You're, you're betting on player prop things such as hundred yard games or the over under on this. So it's a different way to look at it. Uh, really nice app. I've checked it out. It's pretty cool. It's different. Um, and it's growing every day. They're giving away uh, different things, you know, uh, deposits and bonuses and all this good stuff. So be sure to go over and check them out. And at the same time, help us out here at the, Dig podcast. So on to our main event now. We all know tomorrow's the big day, national championship day, Alabama, Ohio State. Um, <laughs> me and uh, Eric were in, in the same boat in the uh, <clears throat> in the semis there. Or with uh, we both picked Alabama to win. We come out looking good there. We both picked Clemson to win, and we both look like we got egg on our face. So, <laughs> um, 
for this one, you got Alabama, high-powered offense. Defense has been getting better. Um, Ohio State, I think they just kind of got hot at the right time a little bit, but I don't know that they have the team defensively to stop Alabama because we've seen even some of the better teams that Alabama's played, and they still hang in 40-plus on them. So <clears throat> I don't think that changes here. I've got Alabama winning 47-25. Yeah, I was disappointed to see Clemson um, get shown up that badly last week. But, I mean, Ohio State, they came out to play. I think they had a little chip on their shoulder, and they proved it. You know, especially Justin Fields. He got I know he got a lot of flack for the game against Northwestern. But he, he certainly – I mean, it was just deep all day. But I, I, I don't think they can do it again. I got Alabama winning 38-24. I mean, I'd love to see Ohio State win, but I don't think it's going to happen. I uh, I also have Alabama winning. Um, hard for me to pick Ohio State being a Michigan fan, but uh, I, I definitely think – I think I'm going to go with Alabama. I'm very curious to see if Ohio State can run the ball like they have been with Trey Sermon against Alabama. Um, also, if Justin Fields continues to play like that. But, yeah, like like Daryl said, Alabama's offense is just tough to stop. And um, I'm going to I'm gonna give them the give them the nod here. Roll Tide. <laughs> well, I'm going to take Alabama for two reasons. One, Ohio State fans are insufferable. And two, <laughs> I'm an Alabama homer. So I'm going to take Alabama. I think this is going to be an incredibly high-scoring game. I think you could see yeah. this turning into a 40-33 game. Last team with the ball. I think I think Ohio State can run the ball on um, Alabama, but that's where we want to see some of these Alabama yeah. tackles step up, and that's going to be key for us right now for Alabama, seeing if these guys bear more. He wants to step up. Uh, LeBron Ray stepping up. Um, I think there's, there's another guy there, too, if I'm not mistaken there. Um, uh, Mathis, he yep. steps up. So if these guys can step up and shut that running game down, it'll be interesting. What we saw from Justin Fields, what we saw from him last week, and all kudos to the number three ranked team in the country, or the number 11 ranked team in the country, Ohio State. <laughs> what we've seen from Justin Fields, sorry, Dabble, I'm taking a little shot at you there. Uh, what we saw from Justin Fields was exactly what I wanted to see from him because going into that game against Clemson, we talked about Indiana, we talked about Northwestern. Going through those progressions, we did not see that. We didn't see him go through his second and third reads against Clemson. He made them pay. He went through his second and third reads. You could see him just survey the field, and he was hitting those bombs deep, throwing those nice little moon arches down there and dropping them in nicely. So Fields looked really good. Now, is that the Justin Fields we can expect going forward, or is that more of an admiration here, so to speak? So um, that's going to be my thing to watch for. And the best part is, Sean Wade, watch out what you're asking for, dude. He's going to get lit up. He's going to get lit up. Uh, first off, he's he's challenging Devontae Smith, which is not bad to challenge a number two wide receiver in Alabama because they're going to have Jalen Waddle back too on top of it. Are you kidding me? When we Last time we saw Jalen Waddle before he snapped his leg in half, Georgia was rolling their coverage over to Waddle, bracketing him. He still went for 131, and Devontae Smith went off. And all after that injury, all Devontae Smith did was win the Heisman. Waddle gives you more cushion than any corner I've watched on film and if you're going yeah. to give guys like waddle and devonta smith any cushion 
They're going to catch you slats of these bubble screens, and they're going to make you look silly. And the second you step up on them, thinking you can be physical with them, they're going to let you up and burn you. Yeah, he just starts weighing. He just starts bailing way too early in coverage. And, and you can backdoor him, come back him to death with those plays. And if you're given that much cut or uh, that much of a, a blanket or whatever I'm trying to say, I can't get it out of my mouth. But if you're giving him that much space, players like Waddle and Devontae Smith are just going to eat him alive. There's no chance. Um, he did it in the – he did it against uh, – uh, Clemson, and it's a wonder it didn't cost him. I mean, because he he had some bad plays against them. And speaking of that, I think when uh, Skowski got ejected, I think that kind of changed the game for them. And if you get Waddle back in your lineup, and this is a big if, I mean, if Waddle plays, he's going back up to my number one wide receiver. I've already put him down on our little sheet there for the magazine. But the one thing we're talking about is who's going to cover the Alabama tight end? When this is all said that if you have Waddle and Devonta Smith back in there, and then you have that tight end mismatch, the dude's a wide receiver playing tight end. He's right. basically a poor at this moment a poor man's Kyle Pitts. Uh, is it Billingsley? Is that yes. the right yeah. name? Yeah. You you can't match him up. Bearing out there, Wagner or Werner or whatever his name is, it's a mismatch right there. So now you're gonna have mismatches offensively. I don't think Ohio State can stop Alabama's offense, and I, I don't think I think Alabama's going to struggle as well stopping some of the things that Ohio State can do if Justin Fields plays like he did against Clemson. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how they match up. I mean, Alabama's defense wasn't that great to start the season, but they've been getting better as the season has gone along. They're giving up less and less points. It looks like they're almost gelling together and kind of just coming together. I think Moses, um, I think he's still reeling from the injury from last year. I don't think he's back 100%. And, and by the way, that's a player – if if I'm him and this eligibility rule, I don't know that I don't come back to Alabama one more time because he's not had the overall season like he was having before the injury. Yeah. If I'm would, you, would you all come back? If you were him, you set out last year to come back, and now your season—you didn't have a good season by your standards. Would you come back again and risk it? I mean, he's been better. The you know, towards as the season has gone on, he has been playing better. But I mean, I'd probably still jump into the draft depending on what you know, what kind of draft grade I get or whatever. But I wouldn't—I definitely wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibilities of going back to coming back to Alabama for one more year. I think he at best he's maybe a second rounder right now. I I agree with that. I, I think, think he's a second rounder compared to where he was being projected as an early or not early but a first rounder before the injury. Mm-hmm. I just think the injury's hurt him, and I think it's it's taking him longer than expected to kind of get back from that. <sighs> I'm all for doing what's best for you, but if what's best long term, money wise, and all that is coming back another year. You know, I, I'm not hating that either. It's 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 not a coincidence that this Alabama defense has started playing better as Dylan Moses has gotten healthier. Right. right? right. As he's gotten better, this de- this Alabama defense has gotten much better. On the flip side here, we're still talking about a guy who's going to rank in the top seven as far as linebackers go. Seven, yes. 
give or take, early second, mid-second round kind of grades where we anticipate them, where the NFL anticipates them, I don't know. In the back of Dylan Moses' head, you've already suffered a pretty substantial injury in your college career. Mm -hmm. Do you want to risk that next year by coming back? That's where I don't sure. You've already had one significant injury. I think you got to go. If you're still in that top 10 linebackers, you're going to get a second-round grade. I think you have to leave. Now, he makes things interesting because – Trey Sermon in the pass-catching game against Dylan Moses is a mismatch because Moses' pass coverage has not been good, and teams have got him on flags. He's been clutching. He's been grabbing because mm-hmm. that speed's not 100% where it needs to be right now, and I think that's a spot that Ohio State can definitely take advantage of. Yep, I agree. That's, that's a great point. Yeah, you see it a lot with Moses. He's grabbing and getting flagged, and it's uh, – he. He's been coming around, but yeah, obviously he's not quite fully recovered yet. But it's it's a great point made there, coach. Like, does he if he's getting the second round grade or day two grade or whatever, does he does he go with that already already suffering the significant injury to yeah. risk it, or you know, does he? And if he comes out and has a huge game, I think know, if he comes out and has a huge game, then yeah, I, we've seen this with with Alabama in the past, Deron Payne. He was kind of eh, and then had that two game stretch where it, in the playoffs where I, I think they won that year Alabama won it over Clemson. Yeah. He played lots out and it catapulted him his draft stock. And I could see the same type of thing happen with Moses. If he comes out uh, tomorrow night and just has a, a huge game, then that's going to answer a lot of the questions that people have, scouts have, coaches have. Um, you know, a one or two games like that can just at the end of the season. It's almost kind of the last thing you remember type effect. And yeah. if he can put out a good performance, then it could do a lot for him. But I agree. And it's, I just uh, find it interesting with this no eligibility rule with all these players because uh, everything ties together, the draft grades, do you risk it, do you not? And just really interesting to me. Yes. Like you were saying, the, the, they have the big games at the right time. Look at – I know it's a totally different – situation but last year with Patrick Queen ha- having a big game there at the uh at the end of the year really catapulted his stock so having a big game at the right time can really really get your stock up so it, it's a big night for him tomorrow for sure for yeah it's a big night for a bunch of them Werner and and Sean mm-hmm. Wade you know if he can come out and play better than he has been but the way he bails and just gives up too much area it, you know he's gonna have to fix that um you know, the lineman um, – oh, I forgot his name, Coach. You just said him. Alabama's defensive lineman. Barrymore. Barrymore. Barrymore, Barrymore yeah. I, you know, I can almost see him having the same type of track or following that Payne had. You know, it's almost like he comes out and has a big-time performance. That could really catapult him too. So, there will be a lot of players. I mean, you've got, what, three, four – you're going to have four of the – Five Heisman candidates out there with Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, Justin Fields. Um, everybody's going to expect high-scoring explosion plays, but this whoever can make some plays on defense, I think is going to win the game. Yeah, I agree. And th- like I said, I it'll be very interesting to see. You know, the one I'm really kind of want to watch is I have a feeling I know how it's going to go, but it's going to be sh- what Sean Wade does. You know, he's got he played first two years. You know, he was behind Damon Arnett and Jeff, Jeffrey Okuda, and he played slot. But now, you know, this year he's playing outside. So that's the matchup I really, really want to see. Yeah. 
see if what Sean Wade can actually do. Speaking of Sean Wade, you want to see what we're talking about. Watch Sean Wade when he's on the field and then flip it over to Bama when they're on the field and watch Patrick Sertain. Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll see the difference and you'll see what we're talking about. Agreed. Or, or even Josh Job from Alabama. Yeah, Job, yeah. Really like him. I think he's yeah. he's uh, shot himself up draft boards too, you know, because obviously he's the opposite of Sertan. So right. let's attack the other side. But Job's doing just as good a job as Sertan is. Well, I just want to say right now that I'm very proud of how Ohio State got to the, the national championship game, being the number two team out of Ohio. So kudos to them. <laughs> yes. Yes. But also, isn't, isn't this something we're talking about all these players? I know this is an IDP show, but we've mentioned Justin Fields and this that, but that was the first time we've mentioned a certain Mac Jones here too, mm -hmm. who was <laughs> the number three guy in the Heisman Trophy, followed by some other guy plus another running back from Alabama, Najee Harris. We got three Heisman finalists on that Alabama offense. Mm -hmm. That's gonna yeah, make I'm things interesting. Honor, yeah. and I got news for you. Kyle Trask should never have been a finalist to begin with. And he's gonna drop way down. Yes he is. Jones is gonna pass him in the draft class. Oh Jones passed him like months ago. So Trask I know he did, but there's a lot of people that they're all in on Trask. I I think what you're going to see in the draft, I think you're going to see Mac Jones has a very specific market for him. And I think scouts are going to be higher on Mac Jones than, well, it's called, wait, it's Twitter scouts. I think the NFL personnel is going to be higher on Mac Jones than even what Twitter is right now, which really shouldn't surprise anyone because, right. let's be honest, there's a handful of guys who are really good at what they do on Twitter. But when it comes to the scouting, often – personnel guys have their guys already lined up, especially especially if we're talking about a draft that's not going to have a combine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think you're you, you're exactly right. Without these combines and all-star games and pro days, I think what your scouts can see and do now is going to be more important than it's been in forever, for a long time. Yep. Yeah. Totally agree. Be, it'll be interesting. Ho hopefully they have a combine, but I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, like I said, the Senior Bowl is still scheduled to go. So, you know, I, there's only so many you can get in there, and you have to be a senior, of course. But uh, you know, I'd be I'd be surprised even if they even have the game. To be honest with you, I yeah. But I don't know with the way everything's going on. I, I don't. I could see it being canceled at the last minute. Yeah, I've not heard from any of the other bowls yet that's being canceled. Um, I think they're kind of waiting to see more or less, but well, how do you have these? Cause these all-star games, so to speak, there's a waiting period between each game before you can get there. And you have to have so many negative tests before you go to the next one. So if you're a senior and you're starting out at the East West shrine bowl and you're moving your way up all the way to senior bowl, hoping for that invite, can you even get that invite because of COVID testing uh, protocols? We I are literally what day is today? Today is the 10th. We're 20 yeah. days out from the senior bowl. Yeah, and those invites have done been sent and accepted. And I would I would have to imagine the others have too. I know I've seen a lot of hula bowl invites and stuff like that. So <clears throat> I, I would imagine any of these bowls like that, they've done sent their invites out. So 
I don't know. This COVID stuff ain't going away anytime soon. So <clears throat> I think you just probably treat it kind of like you've been doing the, the games, you know. Uh, if it, these players are going to kind of have to prioritize in a way and realize how important these bowls and stuff is and, and keep their self quarantined until it's just time to show up for the where they need to be. <clears throat> I don't know what the, the answer is, but it cool. sucks that they're not going to be able to have them if they choose not to. So we talked about Sean Wade and where he is in the draft and what he does, but I want to, I want to put you guys up on the spot here. Who do you, would you rather have uh, Sean Wade or Paulson Adibo from Stanford? We, he hasn't played. We haven't seen him. We haven't talked about his name kind of just disappeared going into the season. Right. I would take him. I'm going Sean Wade, but not playing him outside. Keep him in the slot. Keep him in the slot or put him at safety, like strong safety or something. But I will I know where he doesn't have to do a lot of coverage where he can, you know, roam the field or whatever he wants to do. But I'd keep him. I would not put him on the outside. And I'm going Sean Wade. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you there. I, I would take Sean Wade in the slot for sure. I do like Adebo. I think he's a good player. But, um, yeah, if – we can get Sean Wade and put him in the slot, then I'd I definitely like him there. Okay, so let's make this interesting here. Let's talk Alabama versus Ohio State then. Certain he's not even in the question, but yeah. Job or Wade? Job. 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 I think I, Wade's a good corner. He is. Like you just cannot continuously bail like that that early. It's almost like he's it's almost like he's turning and bailing instantly, and that you can't do that. You you can't give that be that lax in coverage and give up that much room. Um, it's almost. I would have to go back and watch some of it. I, how does he do in press coverage? Because I don't think he's. I don't think his overall game is putting him up there where some people think he's a first rounder. I just don't see that, and I've seen a lot of it. Do you all have him as a first round selection? And I've seen him in a couple drafts. I've seen him high, like mid-teens. I, I don't have weight up there. I can't. I like my corners. I like my corners a little bit longer, which he's got. He's got the length. He's got that. He's 6'1", 195. So he's a big corner. But I like them to get up there and jam. I, I like that physical part of the aspect. Got to be game. a little feisty, yeah. Yeah. Like, when I watch so, even these smaller corners, we talked about Amic Robertson last year. Mm-hmm. He just had that dog factor. Yep. He wanted to fight anyone and everyone that came on the field. I don't see that with Wade. Maybe he does. Maybe he turns it up. <clears throat> but even, even if you're playing behind, and let's face it, uh, Adigbo uh, with Detroit this year, and even Damon Arnett with the Raiders, they haven't taken – they haven't been that dominant presence that you would think of when you're talking about corners. Uh Jeffrey, whatever his name is, I'm about as bad as names as Hollywood is. Um, he was supposed to come in here as one of the top corners, and we haven't seen that. And we're talking about Sean Wade pay, playing behind these guys. And we're not talking like he's a redshirt junior, right? He's basically, for all intents and purposes, a senior. If you're a redshirt junior, you're basically a senior. So I just can't trust him. I got him a little bit down. I think I got about number – nine-ish now on my rankings, but... See, yeah. I think he's a player that should come back again for another year. Uh, I think it wouldn't hurt him. Yeah. 
Yeah, it will. I don't think it would be a bad idea either. Prove that he can play outside more consistently and whatever. Like I can't, I can't see him going ahead of guys like J.C. Horn or Caleb Farley in this draft by any means. What, in the first, what about in the first, in the first round? Uh, I'm going to touch Hollywood in a special spot here. What about Gene Charles and Wade? Charles all day. That kid can play. That kid can flat out play. I'm good. Charles here. I'm telling you, he he. I had been watching him. I forget who it was against, but he made a play. He was beaten off the snap, and I mean, he was roasted. And he chased he chased this kid down, and the kid caught it. And he stayed with the play all the way through the play, and wound up ripping the ball out for a, a PBU. I don't. Wade doesn't have that type of mentality to me. I don't see him doing that. If he gets beat like that, he's it's going to be whoever's coming over to help him. He, I, I just don't see that type of play in him. Charles, Gene Charles probably should be playing for a, a much bigger school than App State. Oh, I agree. He's he's good. He's the real deal. I mean, he he's he led the nation this year in pass breakups. Yeah, and it wasn't close. I don't believe. I'd have to go back and look, but I think he for a long time. I know he had a good lead on on the rest of the country. Well, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> And I know everybody thinks we're hating on Wade. It's not we're hating on him, but it, you you have to clean up some of this stuff. You know, yep. like bailing early like that. You know, how do you play man coverage? How do you play zone coverage? You know, it's just so – and like, like Coach is sitting there telling us, you know, would you take this over him or this guy over him? Me and Coach, when it comes to corners, I think we're a lot alike. We want that, as he calls it, dog mentality, that little bit of fight in you. And I just don't see that in Wade. You know, it's to me that's a that's huge. You know, if you if you just want to sit up there and kind of just give them a buffer zone and then come up and make the play all the time, fine. But I don't think that's winning. You know, you like you and uh, Kyle said. Maybe put him in the slot. If he's going to play in slot, then I probably like him a lot better. But if you're going to put him on the outside, then no, no way. I agree. You know, just looking over um, Gene Charles' stats, he had 16 pass breakups this year, and wow. he held he held opposing receivers to 32 percent, 32.7 percent catch rate. So I, that's you know. Now, uh, now the question is going to be the level of competition, exactly. rightfully so. But this has always been one of my things, no matter what position you play. Like if you're playing in Division Two and you've got 30 sacks. Well, he played against Division Two competition. Yeah, I understand that. I get that. But he also did what you're supposed to do against Division Two competition if you're good. You're supposed to dominate. Dominate. Yes. Because if you don't dominate against them, you're going to be questionable when it comes to the next. Exactly. Exactly. So if you're dominating at a lesser level, then they ask the question, well, you played a lower level. Yeah. Well, yeah, I did, but I dominated that level. Now let me show you what I can do against the next level. Exactly. And maybe that's the only offer he got. So, I mean, you can't yeah. you're gonna go play where he's going to play. Right. I mean, like we talked about Zayvon Collins earlier. He only had one division one offer. Yeah. You know, I mean, look what he's done. He's flourished into this guy who's just making waves right now. And he's, he's won two of the, two of the awards for the nation's top defender. And he's, you go and, like you guys said, dominate your competition like you're supposed to and then move on to the next level and keep on. Keep on yeah. keeping on. You know? 
you could say same for him. Lesser competition. I mean, yeah, yep. exactly. You know, that's it's the way it goes. It's yep. you know, you're not not going to play against the top competition every time. Right. Yep. All righty. And we have a listener question. So I'm going to read it off to you. I'm curious to hear what you all three think. And this comes from our buddy Todd Foster at FF Banterman on Twitter. And he wants to know who are some of the next guys up you like to replace IDP studs who are going to pro. So, you know, your Parsons and Dylan Moses and all these guys that are turning pro, who do you see the next guys up replacing them? Who do you like there in some of these spots? You know, you know, it's funny you say that because the two guys that I'm thinking of come from Penn State and Alabama. So, <laughs> um, the Go right ahead. One of the guys is from Penn State. He's he's a freshman right now, Curtis Jacobs. I think he's he could be that next that next guy that could take that leap, and then um, Demoy Kennedy from Alabama are the two guys that I've targeted in a lot of my campus to Canton drafts as you know a very late round pick. I'm like, hey, why not? Let's take a gamble on them and let's see what they can do. My, my player actually. The guy that kind of came to mind for me comes from Alabama too. He, he's already no, known. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're not taking my guy. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll let, you, I'll let you talk about him. Since, uh... No, no, no. I'll Google someone else up. Don't worry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh. uh, Christian Harris from from uh, Alabama. Um, I like what I've seen. Uh, it, like if Dylan Moses goes pro, I I would like to see him take the next step and be the man there. And I uh, think he's fully capable. Um, he's the first person that popped in my mind when I, when I saw the question on the sheet. Um, yeah. And I don't know that he's already not taken that next step, even with Moses there this year, because right. he's played really well. He's been fantastic. I agree. And like, you know, does he really, really put himself on the map next year? If Moses is gone. And I apologize, coach. I didn't mean to steal you as an Alabama guy. I don't mean to steal you. <laughs> Dude, let's get real. <laughs> I, I feel horrible. Uh, well, I might as well stick with Alabama. One of the guys I'm interested, I don't think he's ready to take that next step yet or not. And I don't know exactly where Alabama sees him right now, but one of the guys that was kind of interested was Shane Lee with Alabama as well. He's a guy I'm kind of, he's not being talked about as much. You talk about your guy. You talk about my guy. Now I'm reaching here. He's a guy I've got on my radar. I don't know if he's going to take that except that Alabama is putting out these uh, linebackers like you wouldn't believe. Um, Damon Clark, LSU, is another guy I think is taking that step. You talk about the Auburn linebackers. They've already taken that step, but they're coming in 2022 probably for the draft. Um, the flow. What's that? Flow. Yeah, Dustin your flow, flow boy. Yep, Dustin Flow. I'm just trying to think. You're like, oh, I'm shook now because my, my my guy got taken on me. So, <laughs> so Dale, who do you got? You Kyle. <laughs> he was going flow. The Alabama flow. show. <laughs> well, I, I kind of was, but I was looking at some other ones because. Uh, 
I was trying to get away from Alabama because I like the Christian Harris. I, I really did. Um, one for me, and I don't know that he's – I don't want to say that he he's taken a next step, but he's a, uh, he's a redshirt freshman. He only played one freshman. Uh, he plays in the SEC. He played one game, was hurt or whatever, uh, redshirted. This past year, he played all 10 games for them, had 99 tackles as a redshirt freshman. Um, so to see him maybe take the next step. And one of the most improved teams in the SEC is uh, Arkansas. And this kid is Jalen Catalan, uh, defensive back for them. 5'10", 189. I'm telling you, this kid can flat out play for them all over the field. 99 tackles, three interceptions, four pass deflections, two forced fumbles. They wouldn't much that he couldn't do. And the, again, this sink in five ten one eighty nine. There's some linebackers that don't put up numbers that good. Yeah, that's that's impressive. Um, trying to think. Yeah, I think this year is going to be huge, or next year is going to be huge for Justin Flo. He'll get in there and and uh, yeah, can't do his thing. Um, yeah, that he's you know he lost this year with an injury, but it would have been cool to see him and Noah Sewell and. Um, uh, Thibodeau, and yeah. next year hopefully he can be able to, uh, Flo can play with his brother Jonathan, who committed to Oregon as well. So yeah, that and I mean, good. you got you got to think about a player like Corey Foreman. Now oh, yeah. he's going to USC. Where does he step in immediately and impact? Not everybody can be Kayvon Thibodeau and start as a true freshman, and or a Henry Toa and start as a true freshman. Sometimes you got to have. There has to be an opportunity there, even if you have the skill. Sometimes you don't make it. You know, if you're on a team like Alabama where they're loaded, it, it's hard for you to crack as a true freshman. Or, or Clemson, it's hard for you to crack as a true freshman, which somebody, me and uh, Eric, has talked about a lot on here, Brian Breesey for Clemson. You know, as loaded as they are on that front line, for him to come in and start for them, I don't think we've even began to see how good this kid's going to be. He yep. is something else, especially to be that size. Uh, elephant among cats. Elephant among cats, yes. <laughs> Eric will never, ever let me live that one down. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like Eric wrote down the name Shane Lee when I said that earlier, too. It made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> so any other players you all want to talk about? We'll do a little free-for-all session here. Just – any players or, or anything, coaching changes, you know, that's going to affect things for players, whatever you got in mind, high school recruits coming in because there's there's plenty of them. Well, I'll leave the high school boys to Kyle when he, when he looks at that kind of stuff. Ooh. It's not really my style Ooh. here. <laughs> I guess I earned that dig for stealing your guy, right? <laughs> it is. I, I'm actually shook. I took like the third string middle linebacker from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what one quick thing? What did you think about Texas firing Jared oh, yeah. and uh, getting Steve Sarkeesian? I was shocked they fired him. Oh man, Texas! It is true. You really everything's bigger. Even idiots in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> what has led anyone to believe that Sarkeesian can lead a team, lead a program? Lead anything. Is he, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not even sure he's a good coordinator, to be honest with you. 
Alabama is uh, loaded. I could call plays for Alabama, and we'd have success. You know what I'm saying? They are, but he's – I would say he's a good coordinator, offensive coordinator, because in the past Alabama's been mostly – they ride that defense, you know, and now this year you, or you could even go back to last year. You have seen more of that high-powered offense, you know, with Tua and Jalen Hurts and now Mac Jones and all these freaking receivers and uh, – more before it was more of the running backs with the Mark Ingrams and Derrick Henrys and, and those type of players and play defense. And now they've opened it up. So there is a change in Alabama. And I think Sarkeesian has a lot to do with that. Um, is he going to be any worse than what Texas had already with Herman? I don't know. I, it, I don't know why you didn't – Herman didn't – well, see, I don't want to say he didn't succeed because he had some pretty good teams with good records down there. Um, what, 9-4 and four, I think was the best right off the top of my head, I think. But I think I if you're like, looking for more offensive-oriented type stuff as far as the recruits go because there's a huge recruiting bed in Texas. Mm-hmm. So getting the prospects shouldn't be a problem. If you can't recruit in Texas, there's something wrong. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting to see that he gave up on him. I mean, so quick. Didn't he have like three years left on his deal or something like that? But that sounds right. But you know what it is? Their teams are they're wanting to win now and they don't wanna they don't want to hold out because if you look at you know, a lot of these guys that he recruited, you know, they're just starting to come into their own. So, yeah, and, you know, I know it sucks to lose and whatnot, but you got to give give somebody a chance a little bit. To- does Ellinger come back? I know we're an IDP show, but does he come back? Because he got hurt in that last game and couldn't come in – you couldn't finish the game. So, you know, was he thinking about coming back before this firing? Does he still think about coming back? Because where – I mean, where would you all put him in your quarterback rankings? Where would I put him near the bottom? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, he wouldn't be in the top. Yeah, so I, you know, I think for him, it would be best for him to come back. Uh, can Sarkeesian help him? I think he can. I think he's decent enough on offense that he can. He's not going to hurt them, but I, I just don't know that it's going to make. I don't know that he's going to make an impact on the team enough to be better than what they had. Agreed. Um, I just wanted to say you guys are talking about teams that you know you that want to win. I don't think Michigan's one of them because I can't believe we resigned Harbaugh. <laughs> I'm actually kind of shocked they did that. I am too. But who would you? Who's available that you would target right now? I mean, Tom Herman. Very <laughs> true. Very true. Legitimately, Kyle. I'm in the same spot because the you know right now Pruitt's on the hot seat. And I mean, yeah. it's flaming right now. Um, if he doesn't win next year, he's gone, and they just signed him to a new extension last year, right? Or this year, rather. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's. I'm, I'm shocked that Harbaugh got an extension of anything. You know, whatever, keep him. Was his contract up after this year, or did he? Um, I think he had another, another year. year. I think he had another year. Did he? Okay. No, I can understand letting him go one more year. And going yeah. from, but giving him a what a five year extension or yeah. six year extension or whatever it was, 
Right. We just I, wanted to we wanted to lock up those thirty point losses to Ohio State every year for the next six years. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't want to talk about Ohio State or Michigan because it's both crap. <laughs> the one coaching move that I would love to see is Byron Leftwich coming home to Marshall. Let's oh, go. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, he's not leaving Tampa Bay, though. Oh, no way. Especially with how they're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some job openings out there. Auburn, uh, you know, South Carolina, the last time I checked, is still open. Um, like I mentioned a minute ago, I don't – right now there's – I don't know that Pruitt's going to be their quarter or our coach starting the season. I mean, it, his seat's really red hot right now. So, you know, they put a freeze on who he can on hiring down here, period. So they're clearly evaluating him to see if they want to move forward with him or cut ties with him. Um, man, the, what about Dan? Boise State had a changeover. Was it Boise State that had a change in head coach? They signed the uh, Oregon defensive coordinator. If you get rid of Pruitt, who do you want to bring in? I don't know. I, uh, I've just been listening. Uh, it's kind of weird this year compared to what it's been in the past years with Dooley and freaking Butch Jones and those guys. But uh, one name that I have been hearing, not from just fans, but, you know, local radio and some of that stuff. Well, actually two names, but one of them has been uh, – Campbell from Iowa State. They have it. They would put him on the short list, and the other one would be Gus Malzahn that was at Auburn. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> and you're not. I don't think you're getting Campbell because I've heard Campbell has been turning down interviews with teams like the Jets and stuff yep. like that too. So I think he's happy. Well, we talked about. It. Uh, we talked about. Um, gee, it's slipping my mind here now. Um, I would like to have anyway. compare with what he's doing at Iowa State. Yes. Moving to an SEC school, man, that would be that'd be a big time get. But but what time. teams like Iowa State and Cincinnati have done, and players they're retaining going into next year, I would think Campbell would be crazy. Iowa mm -hmm. State is my early favorite, even with Oklahoma to win the division uh, conference because they're bringing like everyone back mm -hmm. next year. Yeah, I think I definitely think Iowa State's a front runner next year for them. Yeah, they're tight end back too. Mm-hmm. Charlie Kohler. Yep. Big fan of the show. Well, thank you. That's a Charlie Kohler. He's a big fan of the show. He's never seen it, but he's a big, big fan. <laughs> big fan of the IDP show. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it just helps him understand the, the defenses he's seeing going forward, right? So. Right. Yeah. Well, that about does it. Unless you all have something else, anything, any topics, anything you want to discuss? I'm good. Not you, coach. Not you. I was asking the other two because I know you. I know better. Well, I was going to ask you, what do you do with your teenage daughter when she goes through certain phases of her life? I don't know. I don't have one. I don't know. I saw you'd be good at information. Like, what kind of defense should we play on this? <laughs> like, I'm thinking of a zone right now where I just kind of sit back and. Oh Lord! Th this is why we don't have guests right here. He gave eight list right there. We're just bringing the farm. 
Yeah. Oh shoot! So uh, let's just go around the room and you guys. Oh, I know what we can do. Before we do that, and I meant you mentioned it a minute ago, Coach. Our magazine. Why don't you go ahead and promote that real big for us right here? Promote magazine. So for anyone who's listening right now, you don't understand. Uh, Eric and Hollywood and even Kyle, we let right with us this year. I know. <laughs> It's, it's, it's kind of like our special project where we bring some underprivileged writer in to help us with the magazine publication. Take him under our wing. <laughs> Last year, he started with doing some rankings. We brought him in late to the process. We thought numbers, count to 20, count to 30 would work for him. So this year, we're letting him use words. And we're going to pound out the, the second annual. <laughs> Can you guys be professional here? <laughs> We got the second annual IDP guys uh, draft magazine coming up where we profile uh, these players coming into the draft this year. It's going to be a little bit more difficult because of the situations with the combine and whatnot, but we're doing our best here, pounding out these profiles, rankings, profiles, maybe throw a few articles in there. You're going to want to check it out. Head over to IDP guys there and uh, yeah, make sure you get on the early list, uh, catch the latest from uh, Kyle Belfield. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, uh, just happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, you guys were nice enough to to, to let me write this year. You gave me all the punters and kickers and. Just a heads up, we did give Kyle all the punters and kickers. <laughs> we're not actually publishing any punters or kickers in the magazine. I'll write them anyway. But there are some big plans for the IDP guys. Not only are we profiling these guys and putting in writing and putting pen to paper here, but you'll also be able to get extras that don't necessarily make the magazine. You'll be able to get that on the website itself. So there's some pretty uh, Nate Cheat on there, uh, at Nate Cheat. He's doing some fantastic things there with the whole revamping of the IDP guys' website. And uh, I don't know if you want me to talk about me or you just want me to keep pumping this magazine out there. Uh, <laughs> First of all, note to self, don't let Coach promote anything ever again. Um, but go ahead and tell them where they can find you and all your good work and you and your uh, your uh, 40-inch stash there. Um, go ahead and tell them. Oh, all it's real, stuff. and it's spectacular. <laughs> oh. Um, so, yeah, like, like Hollywood said, you don't want me to promote Blue Chew and you don't want me to promote Manscaped because I got some information to give you all, but we can talk about that in the DMs. So just slide on in there. Uh, <laughs> what DMs exactly? At, <laughs> at Dynasty Vipers, we're good to help you there. Uh, at Dingus4 as the Twitter handle that you cannot see because apparently we're not recording live. So you can't see it on the screen, but it says at Dingus4. Head over there. Give me a follow. Give me whatever you got to do. I'll take anything. I'm desperate. Uh also, check out the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. We kind of record every Wednesday-ish. Uh, obviously, in the off-season, things change. Same with the Debbie IDP grind. You're not necessarily going to catch everything on a certain day. Things yeah. may be getting pushed. Things are going to move. It's going to be a very fluid off-season here. But we got some big things. So you're going to want to head over to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe, and turn those notifications way on up because we got some major guests coming. Uh, we're going to fire off our first one here this Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Coming right off the heels of the national championship, we got one of the best guys when it comes to evaluating talent on out there right now. Uh, I can't wait to share this. I'll probably drop that here on the Twitter, so make sure you're following the Dynasty Vipers and uh, at Dingus4, who's also not no IDP expert. <laughs> 
All right, Kyle. <laughs> You're up. Top that. I'm almost, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm almost scared to talk at this point. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I can't with him. I just yeah. can't. Um, yeah, my Twitter handles at KBell54. You can you can find me there. Um, all my writings over at IDP guys. <laughs> I'm working on the uh, rookie magazine with you fellas. Uh, Coach was nice enough to let me write about punters and kickers that he's not publishing. <laughs> and hit me up if you have any questions about IDP, football, music, whatever. Always down to chat. Um, I'm gonna stop right there. Anything more, coach? You against me? <laughs> All right, <laughs> you're up. All right, you guys can find me at on Twitter at at ejh1528 idp. Um, I do my IDP writing over at Dynasty Nerds and uh, NFL Draft content at the NFL Draft Bible, and also working on the magazine. Um, find me over doing the dev the Devi IDP stuff at at IDP guys. Yep. Uh, you can find me at Hollywood Titan on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook, on the Any Given Sunday page, uh, Reddit, uh, basically anywhere you, I write for IDP guys, do all the writing there. Their site's currently down, but we'll be back up pretty soon. Nate is reorganizing that, and it's going to be amazing when he gets done. Can't wait to do that. Of course, we're all working on the magazine. Uh, can't wait to see what Kyle does with the punters and kickers. Um <laughs> uh, and then, of course, I do the IDP Nation podcast, which Kyle has been filling in for uh, Dan while he's been out. We've been uh, pumping out the shows on the regular, been doing some good stuff there. And then um, here on Davy Ground with Eric and uh, kind of piggybacking off of what uh, Coach said, you're going to want to stay tuned to us, too. Uh, we're not recording live, but you can go over and, and follow us on the YouTube page or whatever. Um Stay tuned because we have a couple of interviews coming pretty soon. Um, so uh, not sure we're working around their schedule. And as soon as they tell us uh, what's best time and day for them, we're going to try to set something up and get those recorded. If you followed us in the past, you know uh, we've had players like uh, Reed Harrison do Cruz, uh, Cam Gill. We've had um, uh, Bryce Huff. Yes, yep. Bryce Huff, uh, our very first interview, and he's been killing it up there with the Jets. Um I just learned the other day that we had another kid, uh, Darius Williams, that played locally here uh, for Carson Newman, which is like 45 minutes from me. He sent a thing to me the other day, and he is playing in the CFL now for uh, um, the Edmonton Football Club. Yes, yes, yes. Formerly known as the Edmonton Eskimos. Yes. So uh, was so glad to see that. That makes uh, that's three players that we've got on teams now. So. Looking to uh, get some more of these guys, and I, th I think the two that we got coming up are going to be maybe two of our bigger ones. I uh, can't wait to get them on and get them talking about their career and and uh, what they're doing. Are they staying? Are they going? Um, and all that good stuff. So stay tuned. Uh, we've got all those coming. And with that, it is a wrap. Kyle, get those kickers and punters done. I'll be working on tonight. All right. Roll don't time. <laughs> and don't just go to Reddit. Make sure you wrote it. <laughs> All right, I gotta end this before he gets carried away again. <laughs> All right.